As you look at all the pain, suffering, and evil in this world, you might be tempted to blame God for it. But Pastor Ed Taylor shares these thoughts on the matter. I believe this is a word from God for some of you that may have even walked into this room extremely mad at God over the circumstances of your life. You're just mad at God because this happened and it hurts. And you lost a loved one and you're upset. And something happened at work and your marriage isn't what you want it to be. And your kids might be going sideways. And so one of your responses is it's God's fault. It's not God's fault. The source of your pain is sin. Every issue related to pain, suffering, evil, and death comes from sin. And God is your rescuer, not your enemy. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You It's time once again for Abounding Grace. Glad we could share this next half hour with you. Pastor Ed Taylor is in Hebrews right now, so head over to chapter 2 and get ready for a great time in the Word. We'll also be in 1 Corinthians 6. You know, it's not hard to see this world is getting more wicked by the minute, and the pain and suffering many of us are facing is intense. Today, Pastor Ed will pull back the curtain and help us see what's behind it all, or the reason for it. Hebrews chapter 2, and also 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 2 and 1 Corinthians chapter 6 in a Bible study that I've entitled, A Little Lower Than the Angels. And it's here in Hebrews chapter 2 that we receive the first of five warnings, and the warning is not to drift away. To be very careful not to drift away, not to neglect our salvation, but to steady on in obedience, doing what we hear. Notice verse 1 of chapter 2, just to catch up where we've been. Therefore we must give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest we drift away. For if the word spoken through angels proved steadfast, and it did, and every transgression and disobedience received a just ward, a reward, and it did, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation, which at first began to be spoken by the Lord, and was confirmed to us by those who heard him. God also bearing witness, both with signs and wonders and various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. How are we going to escape if we choose to neglect our salvation, if we choose to not do what we hear, if we choose to willingly present ourselves to drift away from the essence of the truth and the newness of our life. What's going to happen to us? We need to take the more earnest heed, he says, both to this generation of Jewish Christians in the first century and now us 2,000 years plus later. The word is still true for us. Now pick up in verse 5 where we left off. It says, For he has not put the world to come, of which we speak, in subjection to angels. But one testified in a certain place saying, and that one, by the way, is David. This is quoting Psalm 8. 
What is man that you are mindful of him, or the son of man that you take care of him? You made him a little lower than the angels. You crowned him with glory and honor, and set him over the works of your hands. You have put all things in subjection under his feet, for in that he put all subjection under him, he left nothing that is not put under him. But now we do not yet see things put under him. So now we come to a greater purpose, a greater reason to not drift away, to persevere, to stay strong. It's much more than just our personal obedience. It's much more than just us taking heed and taking more earnest heed to do what we hear. Now, I know that when we're reading the Bible and we're going through the Bible together, there are many times where we'll take the Bible and make it very personal in application, which we should. The Bible was written to speak directly to your heart and mine. And yet, we can't forget that there's a greater plan and purpose of God on the earth today. It's not just about your personal life and your personal obedience, but that your personal life and your obedience is following a greater, grander purpose the holiness and righteousness of God being displayed to a rebellious world. And he says, this world, verse 5, is not put in subjection to angels. It's not God's will for angels to rule the world. Never at any time have they, and never at any time will they. No, as a matter of fact, the Bible teaches that you and I, as believers, will judge the world and judge angels. Imagine that. Imagine that, those of you that got mad at your kids this week, you're going to judge angels. Imagine that, those of you that got frustrated and got mad at work, you're going to judge angels. Those of you that stumbled or tripped and fell this week spiritually, God in Jesus Christ is going to use you to both judge the world and judge angels. Imagine the responsibility. Yeah, let me show you something. Turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. We get greater insight on this truth in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, beginning in verse 1 there. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 1. Paul writes to the church in Corinth, a church not unlike ours. Dare any of you, having a matter against another, go to law before the unrighteous and not before the saints? Do you not know that the saints will judge the world? And if the world would be judged by you, are you unworthy to judge even the smallest matters? Verse 3, do you not know that we shall judge angels? How much more things that pertain to this life? If then you have judgments concerning things pertaining to this life, do you appoint those who are least esteemed by the church to judge? I say this to your shame. Is it so that there's not even one wise man among you, not even one, who will be able to judge between his brethren? But brother goes to law against brother, and that before unbelievers, verse 7. Now, therefore, it's already an utter failure for you that you go to law against one another. Why do you not rather accept wrong? Why do you not rather let yourselves be defrauded? No, you yourselves do wrong and defraud, and you do these things to your brethren." Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't be deceived. There were many, many problems in the church in Corinth, a lot of sinful things going on, which opened them up to all sorts of bad decisions. And one of the bad decisions that they made 
was to begin to sue one another in the court system, the, the pagan court system, the court system that did not reflect the character traits of Jesus Christ or the morality of God through his word. They were not settling their personal issues within the church, but instead were bypassing the leadership and suing one another in the courts. And Paul's going, why are you doing this? Why aren't you settling your issues with one another? That is God's heart and God's will for us to settle our personal matters as believers with one another. Now, let me say this before we move on. This section in 1 Corinthians 6 is not a prohibition against using the court system. That's not his point. There are certainly times when an attorney is needed, where you need to go to court, and maybe even in the course of secular business, that's the only place where it's going to be solved. That, that's not what he's referring to here. What he's referring to here is here we are in the church. God has saved us. We're born again. We're a part of a new family, and we're having our interpersonal issues. And instead of solving our interpersonal issues among one another, instead of submitting to the leadership of the church, you're leaving and you're just going out into the pagan court system and suing one another. You see, the Bible, Jesus himself gave us instruction on how to solve problems among each other. He's given us very clear steps on how to solve problems with other believers. You can find it in the middle section of Matthew chapter 18. And here's the very first step. The very first step I paraphrase. If you have a problem with a brother or sister in Christ, go ahead and post that problem on Facebook for every... No, no, actually, that's not what he says at all. Except that's what happens these days. Facebook and Twitter and all these things have become the place to spread gossip and rumor and destroy a brother. No, what Jesus said is if you have a problem with a brother or sister, go to him, you and him alone, and share the matter with them. And if they hear you, you know what the good news is? You have won your brother. And I have seen over the years that most of the interpersonal issues that we have with one another, I'm just going to throw a number out there, 90, 95% of the issues are solved with that one step. A lot of times they didn't know they offended you. They didn't know what happened. They, they might have even known what they, and they did offend you, and they asked for your forgiveness, and then you forgive, and it's over. But the church in Corinth, they decided, no, we're not going to do that. We're just going to take things in our own hands. And, and as he says, you're going to court before the unrighteous. They were, here are this, this church body, here are these men and women that are professing to be born again, professing to walk in the Spirit, to be filled with God's love, and instead of obeying the Word of God, the very words of Jesus Christ, they're arguing, fighting, and trying to get justice in front of unbelievers, which doesn't make for a very good evangelism in a very dark world. And one of the reasons he gives that we can solve our issues within the church is because you're going to judge the world. You're going to be entrusted with judging the world. And secondly, he says, you're also in verse 3 going to judge angels. Now, which angels will you judge? I believe that we are going to judge those angels that fell or those angels that sinned. We often refer to them as demons, fallen angels. Jot it down if you're taking notes. 2 Peter chapter 2 verse 4 says, For if God did not spare the angels who sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into the chains of darkness to be reserved for judgment. Once again, in Jude, it's only one chapter in verse 6, 
Jude verse 6 says, And the angels who did not keep their proper domain, but left their own abode, he has reserved in everlasting chains under darkness for the judgment of the great day. Now, as believers in Christ, you and I are in a very unique position to be able to make a righteous judgment. Now, this kind of judgment isn't hypercritical hyperjudgment. This is a righteous judgment. The ability to tell right from wrong, the ability to solve a problem among us. You and I are in a very unique position. Believers are. And let me give you three reasons why you're very equipped to be able to help people resolve issues within the body of Christ. Number one, you have been given God's word. The answer to every issue in this room today, to every issue to the folks listening live on the radio right now and watching online, the answer to every problem can be found in God's word. The Bible says that we've been given all things pertaining to life and godliness through the knowledge of him. And you've been given God's word. And so because you've been given God's word, the answer to the problem is here. Secondly, Not only do you have God's word, but as a believer in Jesus Christ, you have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in your life to help you understand the Bible. You don't have to figure it out on your own. You you don't have to read and go, I don't know what it means. The Holy Spirit will give you understanding, will even lead you to the very place where you need to go in order to help a person resolve their issues. You have the word of God. You have the Holy Spirit. And the third one is often overlooked. The third reason why you and I are in a unique position is because God lives in us, we are able to humble ourselves and die to ourselves in order to help another brother. We actually can esteem others more highly than ourselves and actually make a righteous decision based on the holiness and righteousness of God, not our own selfishness. You see, when you use the word of God and dwell by the Holy Spirit and you die to yourself, you become one of the best tools in the hand of God to help others, and to help others come to the conclusion that God wants them to come to. The most untrained believer in legal matters who is in the Word, who is in prayer, and is living an obedient life to the Word, filled with the Holy Spirit, is able to cast a righteous judgment based on God's Word. Notice back in Hebrews chapter 2, the world has not been placed under the authority of angels, according to verse 5. As dynamic creatures as they are, the world has not been placed in subjection to the angels. Instead, what does he do? He quotes Psalm 8 to give us insight of how the world is to be ruled, how God is going to fulfill his purpose and plan for the world. And he says in verse 6, what is man that you're mindful of him? Or the son of man that you take care of him? You made him a little lower than the angels. So in the creative order, men are a little lower than the angels, and yet men and women are going to rule and reign with Jesus Christ, judging the world and judging the angels. It says, you made him a little lower than the angels, verse 7. You crowned him with glory and honor. You set him over the works of your hands. You've put all things in subjection under his feet. For in all, that he put all subjection under him, he left nothing that is not put under him. And then here's the key. But now we don't see all these things put under him. So the order of God is that the angelic realm is dynamic and amazing. And man has been created a little lower than the angels. But in the redemptive purposes of God, men are going to rule angels. 
You and I are going to rule and judge angels in this world. And in God's plan, he put all things in subjection to man. And yet today we don't see that, do we? So how, how did that how did, how did that happen? How, how is it possible that God put everything under subjection to man, but then today we don't see that? Today we don't see this whole world and the whole world under the subjection to man, under the righteousness. What happened? Do you know what happened between those two things? It's one word. Anybody want to yell it out? Sin. Sin happened. See, Adam and Eve were created by God, man and woman, put in a garden, a pristine environment, and for a time, we don't know how long, the Bible doesn't say, but for a time, they lived with everything in subjection to them. Everything was in subjection. It was exactly as God intended. And they enjoyed a sweet relationship with God, and the animals and the plant life and the world was subjection to them, and they made a bad decision. They decided to rebel and sin against God. They decided to take things into their own hands. And that which was forbidden to them, they chose of their own free will to take that which was forbidden. And Adam was held responsible for his free will decision to sin against God. And in that moment of sin, in that moment of rebellion, in that moment of failure, the authority of this world was given over to the devil. That is the source of all pain and suffering in this world. I believe this is a word from God for some of you that may have even walked into this room extremely mad at God over the circumstances of your life. You're just mad at God because this happened and it hurts and you lost a loved one and you're upset and something happened at work and your marriage isn't what you want it to be and your kids might be going sideways and so one of your responses is it's God's fault. It's not God's fault. It's not God's fault. The source of your pain is sin. It's sin's fault. Every issue related to pain, suffering, evil, and death comes from sin. And God is your rescuer, not your enemy. You see, God, he gave dominion of this world to man. And for a time, they enjoyed dominion. But they willingly gave it up. They yielded dominion to the devil. Why is there pain? Why are there wars? Why is there disease? Why is our bodies falling apart? Why does evil exist? Because of the devil orchestrating the darkness of this world. This is where I want you to get your Bibles and turn with me because I want you to see these verses in your Bible. And I want you to mark a few things to understand the world in which we live. The idea to come out of the world and be ye separate is not just because a pastor says so. And it's not just because of a system of theology. And it's not because, just because of a church or a church life or now you're a religious person or just because you're a Christian. No, you've got to understand that this world system has a direction. It has a motive. It, it has a current and the current and course of this world is away from and against God. And so any wise person would look at the way the world is going and say, I don't want to go that way. 
It doesn't reflect the love that I have for my God. It doesn't reflect the sacrificial love of Jesus Christ. I don't want to mess around with it. I don't want to meddle in it. I want to know that I'm in this world, but I don't want to be of this world. And what happens is, is you just kind of get caught up in the world, and when someone comes to talk to you about, you know, that's a compromise, or that's a sin, it's so easy to come back with this response of, man, don't tell me what to do. Who are you to judge me? Listen, if someone is making a righteous judgment in your life, you and I would do well to listen to it and to heed it, because this world is not being operated by God, except that God in His sovereignty is able to redeem even the evil of this world for His good. No, instead, the world is being orchestrated. This world system is being orchestrated by the devil. Ephesians chapter 2. If you turn there with me in verse 1, Ephesians chapter 2, notice what the Bible says. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked, how? According to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. This world has a course, a direction, a current that's being orchestrated by the prince of the power of the air according to the sons of disobedience. The world system is disobedient toward the things of God. Turn over to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. It says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. So far we, we learn disobedience, we learn wickedness, there's darkness in this age. Turn over to John chapter 8, Jesus speaking. These are pretty heavy words that Jesus has to speak. In John chapter 8, pick up in verse 44. Imagine yourself hearing this from Jesus himself, speaking to you, looking you in the eye, and he says, you are of your father, the devil. And the desires of your father you'd want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there's no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources for he's a liar and the father of it. So far we're learning what the world is, orchestrated by the devil. The, the world is filled with murders and lies and wickedness and darkness the world is not living, this system, this culture is not living according to the ways of God. Again, you can jot it down, John chapter 12, John chapter 14, John chapter 16, three times Jesus calls the devil the ruler of this world. Turn over to 1 John chapter 5, 1 John chapter 5 verse 19. This world system that we're in is being orchestrated by the devil himself. 1 John 5, verse 19. We know that we are of God and the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. And one more, Revelation chapter 12. Turn all the way to the end, verse 9. Revelation 12, verse 9. So the great dragon was cast out, the serpent of old, called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to earth and the angels were cast out with him. 
Today on Abounding Grace, Pastor Ed Taylor has been in the book of Hebrews. We're going through the epistle from start to finish. To hear today's message again, go to AboundingGraceRadio.com. And we have a couple of apps we'd like to recommend that are free and available on all platforms. This is another way to listen to Pastor Ed's teachings, including this present series. Search for Calvary Aurora and download our church app and the Grace FM Colorado app as well. At Abounding Grace, we're committed to delivering God's Word to people all across the world, but we can't do it alone. We're very thankful for the listeners that come along beside us with financial and or prayerful support. Your gift, whatever the size, would be greatly appreciated and put to good use. And if you'd like to help us reach people with the love and truth of Christ, please visit AboundingGraceRadio.com or call 877-30-GRACE. Maybe you've noticed there's a battle going on in your mind. Maybe it's lustful thoughts that have been plaguing you for years and you don't know what to do about it. In Winning the War in Your Mind, author Craig Rochelle reveals strategies he's discovered to change your mind and your life for the long term. God has something better for you than your old ways of thinking. It's time to change your mind so God can change your life. Request the book, Winning the War in Your Mind, when you call 877-30-GRACE. Again, our phone number, 877-30-GRACE. And then join us tomorrow on Abounding Grace when Pastor Ed Taylor returns to Hebrews. This is amazing grace. Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church, Colorado, here in Aurora.